Hey, it's your old pal Slim, and this is 70mm, a podcast for film lovers just like you. Every Monday, I chat about recently watched movies with my close friend and artist, Danny Haas. Mm-hmm. You gotta go back door with Tom. And our close friend and movie insider, Protolexis. Well, one thing, I thought our last uh, our episode, Last Black Man in San Francisco, was great, other than the fact that I said like maybe 10,000 times. Every month we have a new theme that guides our main discussion later in the show, and this time it's protopendence. And that means he gives us a theme at the start of each show with options, and then we choose the next movie. Last week, I chose the Letterbox Top 250 and the Truman Show. And you can use the chapters to skip right to that discussion if you want. Did Jim Carrey have the best agent in movie history? How much damage did reality TV do to our society? Let's find out together. How about I start, Slim? We have to talk about it. Right ahead. We have to talk about the elephant in the room, okay? The strike. We are we are removed, a few a few days removed. uh, and we have to know your thoughts on the Wonka trailer. (laughs) I didn't say this in our Discord. I said this elsewhere, but honestly, the trailer looks catastrophic. This could be the end. Of all things. <laughs> I don't Goodness. know. I don't know. Isn't it? I think it's supposed to be a musical. Did you know that? No. What? I don't care. I think it might be a musical. I'm glad you kept going with that bit. I really want to talk about your red carpet experience with Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, with our dear friends at Letterboxd. My God. How was your night? <sighs> Where to even begin? Were you nervous? You had to have been nervous. Where to even begin? So Letterboxd, where I work, disclaimer. Disclaimer. Uh, covered the red carpet in New York City for Dead Reckoning premiere. We weren't even sure if it was going to happen with this SAG mm-hmm. strike business. But then they they like extended their deadline to, I guess, what the deadline was as maybe today as of recording. So it essentially meant that like the stars were going to walk the red carpet. <sighs> so it was like guaranteed that it was going to happen. So this is my first red carpet interview experience. I'd filmed them before, but I'd never been the one asking the questions. Gosh. Mm. It was pretty crazy. Like the, the way it was set, it was inside, thank God. The whole thing was like inside this theater. Is it jet. hot in New York right now? Oh, steamy. Tell me. It's... What's the steamy, what's the steamy tip? <laughs> I thought you said, what's the steamy tip? And I just, my brain <laughs> shut off for a second. It's really hot. I don't recommend anyone going to New York and ride the subway in this weather, but it's like the real feel with humidity felt like 97. And you're walking around in slacks in New mm-hmm. York. That's just an, that's a no deal. With the, the heat vibrating off of all that asphalt. Yeah. Coming Close right up. toe shoes. Right up on you. So we had, to, I walked in there. They had like our setup. We had to find Letterbox's name on a sticker on the floor. That's where you're setting up. Hmm. And it was tight quarters, really tight you a, quarters. You had a good spot. We had a great spot because we actually weren't even sure which direction they were going to start at. Mm. Um, 
but they we were like right next to where they were taking the photos. We we're maybe like eight or nine in line from where they take the the they take photos and then they start doing the questions with the press. Gosh. Um, and when we got there, they told us that like you might have sixty seconds with Tom. Tom Cruise. I'm talking about Tom Cruise. Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise. Golly. <laughs> I said this. Say that out loud. I'm sweating. And uh, there was something else I was going to say. Oh, yeah. So like in our paper that they sent us, they're like, Tom will start saying hello to people at 445. The talent will get there at 615. Jeez. So Tom is, and there's like a fan section. There's like a, they had like fan sections set up. So like he's, he enters and he's like spending a minute, three minutes with each person in these sections. Holy cow. Selfies. It's like what you see in those videos all the time. That's incredible. And like all the while, like he starts getting nearer to us, but then I see like Chris McQuarrie shows up, he's taking photos and then he's like right at us. So it's like, okay, we're, it's happening. <laughs> it's happening. Um, I'll go more in depth on my Tom Cruise podcast, but there's a few things I do want to bring up. Like we usually ask like the fun questions at these things. Like, what are your four favorites? It's become mm-hmm. like our thing at Letterboxd where it's like the expectation is you'll ask these questions. Um, and it's like fun to hear the recommendations from um, actors and directors and stuff. But we knew that Tom wasn't going to give us four faves. Like we had a prep meeting, like what what should we ask him? Because he's not going to give us four faves. Like if anyone does like any research on Tom Cruise, it's just he'll mm-hmm. he'll dance around your sorry ass. He's not mm. going to give you like what he thinks are the best. So we thought that we had like an in that like what if we ask him okay, the theatrical experience of the mission movies is like paramount. You know, you want to go see it on the big screen. Mm-hmm. When you look back, what are some memorable big screen experiences you've had? Oh. What was the first movie you saw as a kid? Yeah, and then yeah, like, yeah. if nobody said anything, like I would say like, oh, you know, I remember the first movie I saw in theaters. It was the Ninja Turtles. And I remember going to see Star Wars re- being re-released. So that was like our test. That was going to be our door first question. question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got to go back door with Tom. But we're talking about Tom Cruise here. He knew it. He knew. Right. He knew God. it. He Ten seconds you. into his answer, I knew we were getting nothing from him. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I knew it. Um, but yeah, like so that's jumping over the fact that like I I can see Tom like five feet from me. There was like a countdown I was doing, man. Like and I'm yeah. standing in like Slack and I was like, Tom's five feet from me. Like he's almost <laughs> here. <laughs> and so did he make eye contact with you? Is that what like initiated I looked directly it? into Tom's eyes for three and a half minutes during this oh interview? Oh my god! And you touched. <laughs> we did. Oh, so god. we shook hands. Um, oh my god! And I asked him that question, and he's doing his his Tom Cruisery. Like he's yeah. he's tap yeah. dancing on my face with his answer. He yeah. like he's he's on he autopilot. So then I had planned. You know, Mitchell and I had at Letterboxd had talked about like how I can weasel in some other things. So I had uh, planned a follow-up that like, depending on his answer, I would say, well, you know what experience I had, Tom, was seeing Vanilla Sky in theaters opening weekend in 2001. And I was like, so what is it about that movie that you think resonates with people after the year? So he gave this really great answer. Mm -hmm. Again, he's not giving like movie recommendations, which is really kind of like what we look for in those social clips. So it's mm-hmm. not like really ideal social fodder. It was kind of like slim fodder, really. <laughs> so, um, so then I see he's like, you know, at the end of his sentence, he's like, you know, it, it means a lot to me that people 
still connect with my movies after all these years, especially with Vanilla Sky. And then I said, you know what, Tom, it means a lot to me too. And I shook his oh. hand and that was the end of the conversation. Oh my God. Yeah, it was amazing. Wow. Amazing. Unreal. Well, that's it, everybody. This is the last episode of the show. We've <laughs> we <accomplished>. did it. <laughs> so um, all that to say is I th- that screening, that red carpet, like the press for that particular screening didn't go to the screening. You could like there was a second level at this place where there was quote influencers, like social influencers, some of which that I like recognize and knew. Um, like Patrick Willems, who does the mm. popular YouTube channel, he's on Letterboxd. I saw him floating about. I tried to get his attention, but I couldn't. So I Reese. think primarily the people that went to the screening were, it was, I'm not sure who else was there, but it wasn't like press. So oh, after that, I went home and I went to go rewatch the movie in theaters this week. So tentatively, the plan is Dale has already seen Dead Reckoning Part One, Jonesy. We got to get Jonesy. Jonesy's tentatively seeing it for a potential recording. Um, it all depends on Jonesy. He's not going to listen to this by the time no. he should have seen it, but we're, <laughs> we're going to be recording. We'll talk about Tom in depth on that show, Interview with the Podcast Vampire. So Beautiful. Lifetime achievement unlocked mm. in, in, in New yeah. York City. City for Unreal. sure. <laughs> Rebecca Ferguson was there. Everybody. I know. Carrie Elwes. But one of the themes that I thought was so cool was, you know, I lo- depending on who the person was and how much time I, f- I felt like I had with them, because their like handler would like sometimes just like tell you to wrap up, like depending on if you got one or two questions. But like I would open with, have you, are you familiar with Letterboxd? And maybe half of them stopped me and said like, oh, Letterboxd. Yeah, McHugh's always talking about Letterboxd. McHugh? You know? hmm. Yeah, so like- Really? So it's just so wild for me to like imagine the conversations that like Macquarie has with the uh-huh. cast, maybe in downtime about Letterboxd. Yeah. And like opening his phone, like, yeah, you can make a list. Here's my recommended <laughs> movies. It's just so crazy that those things happen. Uh-huh. I also didn't ask McHugh his four faves because in interviews, he's he doesn't want to talk about his four faves. He's the same way. He like He's not going to pin down. He's like- He's he's probably someone that would change his four faves like every week, so he doesn't mm-hmm. want to ever just give four. And I asked him the theater question; he couldn't name one movie. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first person I asked, and I started to be like, "Well, this theater question might be a bust. I might just have to pivot to the four faves for everyone right away." Goodness gracious! So great experience. <sighs> Where do we go from here? We should say hello to some new patrons: Josh, Jeremy, Samuel, and Tom all joined this past week. We're almost near 400 patrons. What the? Yeah. You know? How does that feel? Uh, Feels great. Can't believe there's almost 400 people out there want to be our patrons. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's humbling. Mm. Uh, But also very exciting. And seeing new people join the Discord all the time is great. Yeah. What's going to be the next watch along that happens in Discord? The Mission Impossible one's over. You know? They announced? Has our Discord announced? I don't know. Who's in charge of that? Who who runs these things? I have no idea. There's there's silence in Discord yeah. right now. No one wants to step up. Uh, so they got access to the VHS Village Discord where those watch-alongs happen. You know, maybe you're listening right now and your group of friends don't like talking about movies. This is your opportunity to find some like-minded friends. Uh, those folks get access to discounts on Danny's prints as well. Um, so a lot happening in there this week. Mm. 
There's a uh, Oppenheimer's coming out soon, and I saw Danny watch a movie that is like, is this an Oppenheimer prequel that you watched? It is. Um, it's the day after Trinity. Trinity? Yes, that's what it was called. Mm-hmm. Um, it's from 1981, and it is a documentary on um, Oppenheimer. It's basically, I feel like, what we're going to see in the movie, less dramatic. Um, it's Oppenheimer being recruited to make the bomb, um, the testing of it, the after effects of it, the dropping of the two bombs, and then going into his life um, a bit afterwards when they started working on the hydrogen bomb, when he was revoked clearance from the military, from, you know, higher up conversations because he was against it, et cetera. Um, And kind of to the end of his life, what was amazing about this documentary, so Criterion, posted about it being on their channel now as like a lead up to Oppenheimer. You should Mm. watch this. And I don't think, I think I've probably, you know, skimmed the name of Oppenheimer in school, but I think what, what was great about this documentary is there's so much footage. Like there's so much footage of them working on the bomb and even just him in classes, giving lectures and, um, they interview people that worked with him. It's all it's all footage and um, him talking, and they're just it's it's wild to see, and then it's wild to compare what we've seen so far of the trailer. And some of the mm-hmm. shots from the trailer feel like it almost mirrors these exact shots. And there's 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 moments when they're like cabling up the bomb to the top of that like pillar type thing. And it's like on one cable and it's even stressful to watch it in this documentary and like the black and white grainy footage. So I can't imagine what it's going to be like dialed up to Christopher Nolan levels in the theater. Mm-hmm. But um, it's just, it was, I, I, I really loved it. I really loved it as a learning kind of tool and, and just to see all that footage of Oppenheimer talking. And there's a moment where they're like, um, whatever, July something, 1945, uh, a a Pontiac sedan pulls up and it's holding the entire, uh, the entire amount of plutonium known in the world is in the back of this Pontiac sedan. And they're like, the the driver needed a receipt on delivery. (laughs) And they're like, the approximate value in 1945 of this is $1 billion dollars in this back of a rusty old Pontiac sedan that they show pull up. I was just shocked. So there's, there's a bunch of stuff like that. There's a bunch of stuff in that documentary. I, I would suggest watching it. It's not long. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, I really loved it. I really, I loved seeing Oppenheimer talk. Cause I don't, I don't think I've ever seen any footage of him in real life speaking. Yeah, I haven't for sure. I don't well, know. I mean, we've heard that clip of him reading, talking about the, Destroyer I, of worlds. Yeah, I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. That, that there's a clip of him saying it's it's a I've never seen the video of him saying it. So um it's the clip I've heard so many times. But it was great, it was a great watch. I'm mm. looking at the poster right now, and he he looks like Cillian Murphy. Like yeah, he's Killian. Uh he's uh what's the opposite of de-aged? Pre-aged. It looks like they pre-aged Cillian Murphy here on this. It's crazy. Yeah. I watched an interview with with Killian about it, and he was talking about how he was trying to mirror the way he stands, the pipe, the hat that he wore, whatever they called it, the duster or something. Mm. 
And there was a specific way Oppenheimer stands in the in the footage you can see on this document. It's like his hand on his hip, kind of behind his jacket. And you catch you catch Killian do it in the trailers a couple of times. So I'm excited. I'm I'm really pumped for this movie. Pardo, when are you seeing um Oppenheimer? I haven't bought my ticket yet. You know, I'm I have sure. a plus one if you're interested. No. Yeah. <laughs> really? Just yeah, turn it down. When? <laughs> Not in Philadelphia though. It's in uh Prussia. KOP? KOP. Oh! Date night with Oppenheimer. Date night. Good. The three of us. Just the three of us. <laughs> what theater is it in? A good theater? Uh, it's a good theater. They have Dolby. Um, Dolby. They have, oh, it is a Dolby oh. theater there. God. <laughs> well, Mosh says I want to go to the KOP IMAX. Maybe it's, maybe it is IMAX. I'm pretty sure I saw a Dolby logo in one of those theaters. Can you have a Dolby and an IMAX in the same chain? Is that a thing that's possible? At the same chain? I don't know. I thought yeah, Dolby AMC was AMC. I got to do some more research here. <laughs> do your and, research. And prevent any further doxing of locations. Do your own research. Send me the itinerary. <laughs> we got our tickets for Oppenheimer and Barbie on the same day. Oh. Double feature. Barbenheimer. Feature. We're doing it. My word. Friday. Just Backless. back to back? Anything in between to like unwind? Um, lunch. Oh, um, in between lunch, unwind lunch. What are you having for lunch in between those films? <laughs> Whatever's by the theater, <laughs> Chick Fil A. <laughs> Unwinding after Oppenheimer with a spicy chicken sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any other movie you want to talk about, Danny? I saw you watch Fallout. Um, I think that's, I mean, yeah, watch Fallout. I'm ready for uh, Dead Reckoning this weekend. Um, Fallout's five star, easy five star. I think it's definitely my favorite mm-hmm. post, uh, the first one, I guess. Mm. It's got to be, it's got to be the most, the best of the moderns. Mm. Uh, that's about it. Yeah. Bro, did you see my line in my review about how, um, I felt like visually I liked my second viewing because I was, wasn't so did you feel like we were close to the screen at all during the when we saw Dead Reckoning together? Um or was the screen like exceptionally large in your memory? Yeah, I mean it was pretty large, but I don't think I would have said that um I I didn't feel like I could see the whole thing, I guess. Or I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I maybe I'd have to see it again. Back row boys. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Knew it as soon as I said it. it was I mean, we were pretty far back. I we could have been further in my memory. Well, there Excuse was me. like three more rows behind us, so we could have been. Yeah, big mistake on my part. Those seats. <clears throat> uh, every week we give out a free year of Letterboxed patron backdrop, name in the lights, stats, your favorite streaming services. Uh, I saw. Let's see, one, two. I saw two reviews tagged. One of which oh. was for the Truman Show. Oh. If you want to attempt to try to win that year of patron, just tag your review 70 mm pod. If it's not that exact tag, I don't look for it. I'm not looking oh, for gosh. it. And don't uh, tag back row boys either. <laughs> <laughs> we, don't, we don't search those tags. If that phrase is saved <laughs> in my Google, all my algos are going up in flames. Uh, one of these reviews cracked me up. Actually, there, I think this, this one might have been it. Well, it, the first one was for the Truman Show. Mm-hmm. Ghost of a High Five is the letterbox name. 
watched this movie with my roommate last night. Forgot how funny Jim Carrey is in this movie. The little bathroom gags are hilarious. This watch had me wondering what it would be like to work for Kristoff. How boring would it be to make the same loop around Truman's neighborhood day after day? That magazine salesman. What did mm. he do with the rest of his time? What do you think that magazine salesman did with the rest of his day? That's probably like a nine to five. Probably went home to his wife and kids. Golly. Yeah, you leave the set. Yeah. That's um, a job. The other review they tagged was Last Black Man in San Francisco, our previous episode. Nobody owns anything. I don't even own the library DVD I used to watch this movie. There you have it. God, an actor strike would be detrimental to the Truman Show production. Oh my God, yeah. No strike in the history of that show? Sheesh. 30 years? They must have been paid real well. Scabs. (laughs) I bet you you that magazine salesman was a scab. (laughs) Perto, you watched a movie. First, I have to give Perto some props. Yeah, we have to. Can we give Perto props? Props? Props. Back row boys, hashtag. Proto's been pumping out these UFOs to our patrons. I'm not sure if it's just interns that are getting these, but Proto, what the heck are these UFOs for those that aren't in the know on our patron, Patreon? Well, you know, I've I've thought about this for a while, and uh, well, one thing I thought our last uh, our episode last Black Man in San Francisco was great, other than the Mm -hmm. fact that I said like maybe 10,000 times. <laughs> Checking myself, listening to me, me talk. Um, so I did want to, I was thinking about that. I thought like, how, how can I get better at that? Well, one thing is I could do more off the cuff mm. uh, talking about movies. Mm. So these UFOs, what I try to do is I finish a movie and I just hit the record button on my, my iPhone and see what happens. Uh, so it's fun to talk about a movie, and they're about five minutes long, of just me, what my initial thoughts are of the picture I just watched. And these are things that, you know, when you're thinking about a movie right after you see it, some things that won't ever make it into the review that you write. So I get to share some thoughts and think about the movie before I write the review, and it's probably a lot of things that wouldn't be in the review anyway. Mm-hmm. So I've been giving them to the interns, Um just as like a little bonus. Uh, I did publish one today mm-hmm. for Das Boot that I watched. Oh my goodness. Uh, and I, 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 it was for all the patrons that we have uh, as a little uh, protopendent celebration gift <laughs> to everyone. I do district. have to just real quick interject. When I got the notification or someone posted a screenshot and I was sitting next to my wife, Amanda, and I looked at it and I was, I was like, does that say nine minutes? And I moved my face closer to my phone to verify it said nine minutes. And Amanda was like, what are you doing over there? (laughs) Just like moving my face closer to my phone. So very exciting. Yeah, so I'm having a lot of fun, you know, uh, doing these. Uh, I'm making no promises that they'll continue or how many I'll do. Here we go. Here we go. You know, they say the more you do something, you can form a habit. So I've I've done a I don't know five or six of them now. Yeah, and it's a lot of fun. People seem to like it. Good for you. Good for you. Proud of you. How's the AFI journey going? Oh yeah, we need to check in. What's the number at? Um, what is the number? Let me look real quick. Okay, check so it out. Let's pull up the list. Load it up. Um, I am at. Uh, 
78 watched. Ooh. 78%. Wow. There. Wow. That's I a cow. That's a pass. 22 grade. left. Um, yeah. And I was able to watch, let's see. I've, I watched two this, this past week. One that I was very, very nervous to get done. Uh, I had the DVD sitting on my desk for a while. Yankee Doodle Dandy. <laughs> Was a real movie. This is a real movie from 1942. Uh, it stars James Cagney. Wow, uh, Cagney. he he plays George Cohan, who was a song and dance man um, <laughs> from the early 20th century, and he did like vaudeville stuff. But he wrote Yankee Doodle Dandy and like a ton of different musicals and Broadway productions. Uh, so I guess he's kind of a legend probably in, in Broadway. So it's a story of his life. It's a biopic. Um, and uh, I actually really had a great time. I gave this four stars. Oh my gosh. Um, you know, it's black and white. And I was just like, oh, I don't know. But the dancing is really incredible. James Cagney is an incredible tap dancer. Mm. Um, yeah. And I found the music just a lot of fun. Like the song Yankee Doodle Dandy, like the musical that that's about, they showed some of like the performance and what they would do on the stage. And it's just like a, it's, it was just like really funny and fun. And there's a lot of gags um, in, in the movie, like uh, revolving around his life. So he just does a lot of like funny things, this character of Kohan. Uh, he was quite the character in, in real life. So I had never heard of this guy. You know, I'm not really a Broadway person. I enjoy musicals, but it's not like uh, my thing. But I really had a great time. This was a fun movie. Mm -hmm. um, there was a, I don't know if it was a 4K. I think it was just a Blu-ray that came out in 2014 that I would actually kind of want to see because the DVD that I had that was from, I think like the 90s or, or, or early 2000s, it was um, uh, not, you know, you just noticed like the, the quality wasn't there, but right. seeing this in a Blu-ray, um, I'm kind of tempted. Hmm. What are you going to do to celebrate once you wrap this journey up? Yeah. Probably watch a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I just remembered, you know, we didn't even talk about next week. So the theme this month mentioned at the top of the show is proto-pendence, proto. Danny and I, you know, we were sick and tired of the whining of, of Proto mm -hmm. not having enough say in these picks. So Proto yeah. presented us with themes that we had to choose from, and he will present us a group of movies for us to select at the end of the episode. So we already, Danny and I have done that already once this month. So that means I think we will work together, Danny and I, right now to oh, choose gosh. a theme. And at the end of the show, Danny and I will work together again to choose our next movie. So we need to hear the theme options from Proto for us to select together as one. All right, so the remaining themes, one, modern bangers. Okay. Two, normal men. Okay. Three, horse week. Mm -hmm. Four, laugh or die. Five, AFI. Eight, crime lovers. And finally, mystery all-tour director we have not covered yet on this show. Mm. Gosh. Danny, what are your top two of top the remaining two. themes? Um, modern bangers, I think would be one. And for some reason, I thought I was picking this week. Alone. 
Um, and I was going to pick Horse Week. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so we have to discuss. My two aren't even your two. My two would have been. I know what your two are. <laughs> what are it's they? Easy. Smarty pants. What uh, are they? Normal men. No. And crime lovers. Yes. Crime lovers <laughs> is in there. The other one would have been Mystery Autier, director mm. we haven't covered. So we need to we're, meet we the don't, middle. We don't even align. We need we to meet in the middle somewhere, even though we're so far okay. apart. I like Mystery Autour. Okay. Okay. Do we go with that? I'm into that. Because you're not into horses. I'm not picking <laughs> horse week. <laughs> As as much as people would want us to pick Horse Week, I not I'm not there yet. All right, so Let's do mystery, mystery auteur. auteur director we haven't covered we yet. Haven't covered. Mm, I love it. Me too. I love what it. What is it? The mystery director. Is this one director four films by this director? Yes. Oh. <laughs> David Fincher. Oh. Whoa, for real? Oh my god. Adventure Week. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we have Zodiac. Okay. The Game. Okay. Shoot. This uh, is good. What's The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo? Okay, that's a no. And Panic Room. <laughs> oh. Panic Room. Oh my, my God. Let me look these movies up. Get you, Jared Leto back on the show. Do you know offhand if any of these are streaming? <laughs> no, I've. That has not been a factor at all for me. Okay. All right. Wow. No, Panic no streaming room. anywhere. Let me see. Panic Room is a rental, three ninety nine. I've got none of them on streaming services. <laughs> Zodiac. <laughs> How's Zodiac not streaming? It's not even I feel on the like Max. It was Zodiac recently. says this is another one of those dumb Paramount yeah. Plus on Apple TV. Oh, that's not a thing. It's made up, right? That's not real. Yeah, it's, a, it's fake. That means Nobody you've got to check uh, Prime Video. <laughs> that's I think right. that's you know what? That's a good idea. Let me look up on Amazon. Slim, I have two. two. I'll give you okay, my two what are now. They? We'll decide at the end where I'm at. Right. I'm, I'm at easily at Zodiac and The Game. Oh my God. Michael Douglas. Michael friggin' Douglas. <laughs> I'm looking up. The game to see where that is. Stars TV. Who even has stars? Who even has this? I'm lo I'm just catching up on chat. My God, I'm I'm still scrolling. Holy moly! All right. Um, we have till the end of the show to marinate. Yours was Zodiac in the game. Yeah, I've never seen Zodiac, and I'm tired of people telling me I need to watch Zodiac. Oh, so oh. my top two. Okay. Well, then I think we've decided. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. We have to, we have an hour or however long this discussion right. is to decide. But my top two are probably Zodiac and Panic Room. Pa have you seen Panic Room? I, I, oh, you're about to say I love Panic Room. I, <laughs> you're about to say it. <laughs> oh. Panic Room was one of my first DVDs that I ever bought. I, I have only seen it once and I remember it liking it. We'll, we'll talk about it later in the show. We'll make a decision. We can circle we'll back. Discuss. We can we'll lock discuss eyes and make a decision. But we got to talk about this movie, The Truman Show. Let's just get it over Our with. main course before we reveal our pick for next week. Um, this was Proto Penance, 
a theme that Proto, a lot of P's in the sentence, Proto provided for the LB Top 250, and I chose Truman Show, Jim Carrey, Peter Weir, 1998. Proto, what's this movie about? Truman Burbank has a great life. He lives on the coast, has a great job, married with no kids, all on an island. (laughs) He lives the modern dream, but he happens to be the child of a corporation who placed Truman within a dome for his entire life to be televised without him knowing. But when his reality starts crumbling around him, Truman seeks to escape it. But as a corporate daddy would do, Ed Harris will try and kill Truman before he lets him cancel the Truman Show. Wow. 4K on uh, Prime Video. At least that's where I watched it initially. Mm. And then a guardian angel sent me a 4K desk in the mail. Fired that up. Or at least I tried to watch that on my Xbox. Yeah, it issues. Series X. I mean, the archaic design of the Blu-ray experience on Xbox, someone should be in jail. Mm. My Xbox turns off. If I hit like pause and shut off my TV and then I open up my Xbox and I go to the Blu-ray app, it starts as if I never... Mm-hmm. was watching the movie. Who designed this? There's like five different ways to pause a movie with an Xbox controller and they're all wrong. They're all different from every streaming app that exists. You know, you open up a streaming app, you know what the buttons do on an Xbox. Right. You know how to fast forward, you know how to stop, you know how to pause. It's the total opposite in the Blu-ray app. Mm-hmm. Whoever, I'm, I, I can't, I, we need to move on. I want okay. Colonel Nelson in jail. <laughs> <laughs> With his big ass cuffs rolled up in his dress shirt. Major. Oh he hasn't my made it to Major. Major Nelson. He hasn't. Same thing. He's, he's stuck at Major. Yeah, he's just like Tom just and like Maverick. Tom. People ask him why he hasn't been upgraded yet or promoted. <laughs> uh, Danny, what's your history yeah. with The Truman Show? 1998 came out. Where were you? Um, I don't have a history with this. I've only ever seen it. Well, I in my brain, I've seen it. I don't. I don't remember sitting down and watching this film. Um, I know. I, I mean, I'm assuming I have. I, there are so many beats about it that I remember. But then that could just be the pop culture zeitgeist mm. shoving mm. it down my face. Zeitgeist month. Oh, just sounds cool. <laughs> it does sound good. Um, yeah, I don't really have a history of this. Um, so I was very excited to watch it again for this. Pro. I'm pretty sure this was like a TV viewing back in the day for me. And then I did watch it recently. I think I watched it right before I started logging movies uh, on Letterboxd. So it's BLB. Yeah, I think it was probably like 2019, which actually now that wasn't that recent. Five years ago. I know. I was thinking (laughs) about that the other day that like the pandemic started four years ago. What? 2019. That's four years ago. Right? Can someone that, confirm my math? Is that, is that math, real? Right? What year is it? I don't know what. <laughs> I'm just saying it feels like last year. The real feel is four years, regardless of the math. Mm. Pandemic COVID-19, was 2019. It was, it's anyone... in the name. <laughs> <laughs> Kev just told on himself. 
my history, I also remember this being like a TBS, TNT, you know, this is on all the time growing up constantly. Mm-hmm. See Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey was on my TV a lot growing up. You know, he was in this, that we talked about in the Man on the Moon uh, that wasn't even the movie we did. We done it. Andy, Jim and Andy, Andy versus Jim, <laughs> the documentary, the famous documentary. <laughs> we talked about how he had like a run over many years and was getting paid like thirty million dollars to do these movies. He couldn't do no wrong. Also, a liar, liar app would be pretty fun. That was just before this. Liar, liar. Golly. His run from ninety four to ninety seven was Ace Ventura, The Mask. Dumb and Dumber, Batman Forever, Ace Ventura, Nature Calls, Cable Guy, Liar Liar, and then Truman Show. Yeesh. Cable Guy, I remember really disliking as a kid, but I'd like to go back and watch that again. I feel like I just didn't get the dark humor. Yeah, I loved that when I saw that back in the day. Mm. Dark humor month. Mm-hmm. Right after Zeitgeist month. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so at this point of the show, we'll go around the room, uh, have our discussion. We jot down three main things in our viewing that we want to bring up and chat about. Uh, we'll go roundtable, and then we'll end our discussion with our letterbox rating. I'll go first, since this is my pick. I One of my top three, this isn't like my number one. I'm not going to go in like specific order, but like the first thing I thought of was the Disney dome, the Disney Thank volume, you. seeing this movie. About how like, it's almost like an old school version of that. Like they built this city, this island for him to just like live and exist. And it's just so like, I I just had like a weird experience going back to watch this in like the post reality TV show boom. Cause remember like after this, I think it was like 2001 or 2003, like reality TV was like it for Mm -hmm. all those channels. Like Survivor. And I was, <laughs> what did she say? The Osbournes. Oh the my Osbournes. God. And so I was thinking about like the Disney Dome and how this like faux environment. And then I was like on the Wikipedia and they mentioned something called the Joe Schmo show. Do you remember that show? No. Talk 2003, to this came out where it was like a, it was like a reality TV game show. And Everyone, all the contestants were actors except for one guy. And it was all fake to just mess with this guy mm. on the show. Um, so I was on YouTube watching some clips with it. And um, what's the one priest on Always Sunny who turned into a drug addict? Cricket? Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, Cricket, the actor, was on this reality show. And so was Kristen Wiig. I don't know. So it just like blew my mind going back in rewatching it and seeing like this was pre-reality TV and we're already out of reality TV essentially is becoming like the main thing. I feel like prestige TV has replaced reality TV. So it was, it was a weird experience watching this knowing what has happened in the 20 years since then. Like I feel like when this had come out and then reality TV show had started, it was a different experience, but we've lived through so much since the Truman Show. And that's kind of like the main thing I was thinking of as I watched this. So, Danny, do you have fond memories of, of the reality TV boom of those years? I'm trying to think if I, if when I would have started watching any sort of reality TV. I don't know. But what, what I thought about the most was what if I was my age now in 98 seeing this for the first time? Like, I feel like 
this only works in an era without cell phones and the way we use the internet now, this kind of story would. I don't think the Truman Show could have made it into modern times. I think that sh- I don't think it would have would have worked. But I kept thinking about like, gosh, what if I was forty watching this in nineteen ninety eight? Feel like it would have broke my brain mm. thinking about how this could possibly happen, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I it's it's pretty cool. But are you a survivor head? No, I wasn't. I never was really into Survivor. I don't know why. My family, we like to watch The Amazing Race. We watched that oh, show. Yeah. Uh, but the show I loved, and I think we've talked about this before, is The Mole. Oh, my <laughs> Anderson gosh, <The> Cooper. <laughs> Anderson Cooper. That show, like, that show was seemed like the hardest show to be on, the way it was just set up. Like, the, the way they had those exams at the end of the show, it just seemed, like, impossible. Um, but I remember loving that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That's a good question of like what it, without the, um, just now all we know about reality television of what it would have felt like to see this in 98. I'm not really sure. Uh, not Jada Kiss points out this was, there was, it was a time where network show could still have the nation's attention. That's true. Like there's like 10 channels for the majority Mm -hmm. of like our, us growing up. But there's just like so much BS for us to watch and on different platforms and different apps. It's so hard for something to really like have the majority of a nation watching. I guess like Succession is probably the most recent example of that where like a large percentage of your friends are all watching Mm. and then they become like super annoying and you never want to watch the show again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, see, I knew it was coming. But it's also (laughs) hard to know now if if everyone is watching it or is it just like the echo chamber that we live Mm in of the people who we think are everyone are watching it, you know? Right. Right. Can we trust the numbers that these, these studios are telling us 7 billion households watch stranger things? Oh God. Yeah. They need, they still, they talk about these like Netflix shows and no one's ever heard of. And it's like 1 billion nuclear family minutes watched on the show. Fakery. It's fake. I don't believe any of it. Perto, what's the first thing you want to bring up? I think everything, every time, every time I watch this, I think, could this actually happen? Um, and I guess what you're saying about reality television, or even the the idea that it, with technology it couldn't happen, but the way they set it up, you know, Truman lives in a bubble. There's no, he has no contact with the outside world. So if you actually did this, you wouldn't have to set it in like modern day. You could like mm. set it with with within any time oh period gosh, that you would want and not even have cell phones, which would be pretty wild. And even the thought, like you're saying, Slim, about, you know, can one show capture a nation or, you know, most people that they would have to watch it. If right now there was a live feed of someone's life who didn't know and lived in a dome, it would be hard not to watch it. Mm-hmm. And I love that part of the movie of how there's people who it seems like they're at work and all they're doing is watching the Truman show. It's, it's like watching like the addictions that people have now of to watch live streaming, you know, cause you have this fear of missing out on something. How much, how much fear of missing out would you have on wa- this type of thing where it's like, here's this guy doesn't even know you're watching him but the producers are writing 
you know, trying to write this show, like bringing people into his life to try to create like these scenarios, these dramatic moments, that would be so captivating. I think even now it would be hard. It would be hard to look away. Mm. Remember what year did Serial come out? Remember when that was like the number one thing at the water cooler, so to speak? 2015. My God. That's right before the pandemic. That was like 2019. (laughs) No idea. (laughs) Danny, number one for you? Number one for me. I love this town. I love the setting. There's something about the production of uh, this movie that I... It's, I, there's something, I mean, I, it's weird to know it's fake. Um, but then to watch Truman interact with it, like it's real. It's like, I have such a hard time um, focusing on him when I want to watch everyone else around him. I want to look at the buildings. I want to see if there's a crack in the seams. I want to find like the mistakes. Um, but I'm always... I say always, this is like my second time watching it, but throughout watching it this time, I found myself just kind of in awe of the idea that this could happen. Watching the background actors, when when it starts to break loose and he runs into his dad as the homeless person and the way they try to stop him from getting to him. And I don't know, there's just something about the production and the city and the town that I just found almost more fascinating than the story itself. Um, I love looking at it. I mean, I know it exists in real life in Florida. You can literally go to this town that they had to buy off the, the mayor or whatever to even really? film there. He didn't, they didn't want it. They didn't want the, they wanted their little seaside uh, city untouched. They like bribed or like, I think, I feel like he asked for like 5 million for himself to let them even film at this thing. And they're like, no, not going to happen. But yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just, I don't know. I love the production of this. It, it has this, this like, we are so fake, but it's, it's meant to be reality kind of feel to it. And Mm -hmm. I I love it. Yeah. I, I love the look of the town too. Like you could tell me that that is a fake town movie set and Mm -hmm. you would believe it. Like all the scenes yeah. and like the the side streets and stuff, it reminded me of um, like Edward Scissorhands, the town there that they had it was like right. kind of bright and shiny and fake. Um, yeah, I, I love the look of it. I love the bridge. I love the the shop where he goes to see his buddy who's stocking vending machines as his main job in Gosh. that small town. I mean, how much work does that guy have in this small town? Just stocking vending machines every day. The fact that Truman believes it. Yeah. Also. Aren't you in this one every single day? You're in this store? <laughs> knows exactly where to find him. <laughs> um, my number one. I'm talking about the pandemic a lot, so everyone just, let's, let's just calm down. In my review, I, I put that it was insane to me that they didn't make a sequel to this movie during the pandemic and put it on Paramount+. Plus. Like how did how did this that not happen? I'm grateful that it didn't, but yeah. this feels like ripe for studios looking for quick cash with no cost. Like, mm. can we film just this little thing with Jim Carrey? What's he up to now? Because at the end of the movie, I was like, man, I would just personally, I would still love to see 
what happened to Truman, what happened to Kristoff. Like, I want Kristoff in prison. Oh, you want a sequel after he walked out the door? Or at least like, yeah, oh. I want to see what happened. I want to see what happened to him after. Like, did he yeah. get with the high school sweetheart of like one night? Um, yeah, I'm just like, I almost like want fan fiction, fan fiction of like what happened after this movie. And I'm just so shocked that nothing was made in this world after the movie. Whereas there's just like so much crap that was turned out in the pandemic of sequels and like follow-ups. Like, wasn't there a Father of the Bride that we talked about in one Proto episode? Watched Proto watched it and loved oh, it yeah. with Jenna. Well, that was, that was one of those Zoom videos though. Yeah. Oh my God. Where it's like, it's a movie, but it's just the actors on Zoom pretending to be their characters as if the family is having a Zoom meeting. My God, kill me. I mean, yeah. they're catastrophic. They I get like in another world, there's a Christoph Truman Zoom conversation <laughs> happening, and it's like the Truman Show 2 on Paramount. Hosted and then, by Warren Beatty. And then Warren Beatty calls in. <laughs> it would be, it would be Josh. It would have been Josh Gad. Josh Gad oh, would have hosted man. that conversation. Basically, what you want, Slim, is the 50 Shades of Truman. I need more. I need yeah. more. I want to find out. I'm always against sequels, mm. but I kind of want to find out what that happened. You're always against sequels. Well, Always a strong word. If I could take that word back, I would. I don't think a direct sequel to Jim Carrey's story of Truman's story is appealing to me. It would be more appealing if, to me if they tried to reboot it with like a new baby, like a new character. Mm. Um, more so. How much? I mean, did they say how much that dome cost and like that city? Oh, no, movie? I don't think they did. They might have said it at the beginning of that interview. I can't remember, though. It was nuts. You could see it from space. Yeah, mm -hmm. that was pretty cool. The zoom out and it's like gigantic. Pro, what's your number two? My number two, I think the 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 main thing I had issues with watching it this time was the moment when Truman starts to doubt and the reality, uh, the facade begins to crumble for him. I, it didn't seem. Um, like the thing that happened to him was like big enough to initiate that. Of course, it kind of like layered on top of things. Um, and he saw more and more um, that it became pretty obvious. But it, it, I like, I, I, it felt kind of like all of a sudden he's very paranoid or he thinks something else is going on. When it seems like these things would have been normal for a while. And he, sh like, at the way the show, is produced and it seems like it had like a lot of mistakes throughout throughout it that he would have like found out earlier um rather than finding out when he did i don't know i just didn't really buy that this time for whatever wow. reason a light falls from the top of the dome in the beginning of the movie how many times has this happened zero zero that was the first light that's fallen in history i mean for the filming of the truman show it's like these things breaking around him after decades of being in the dome. Mm. Like when do they yeah. upgrade their, their products? When do they repaint the sky on the wall in the back? Right. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah, you're right. That, how many, when did they paint the sky 30 years ago and it still looks great. Right. Mm. <laughs> mm. Uh, I don't know. I, I did. I was kind of shocked that it took, that long into the movie for his like breakout. I thought the breakout was like sooner almost. And there was like more of a search for him. Um, having said that, I still loved 
the way it unfolded. And like you thought that like when his dad is brought to him and he had like amnesia and you think that he's like, oh, he's back in, you know, he buys everything. But really it was like, you know, he's officially out. He's like, I'm so out of here. I'm going to come up with a scheme and go missing. Um, I, to be honest, all that stuff worked for me just as well as the first time I saw it. I don't know if Danny, you thought the same or otherwise. I think, I think as a whole, it kind of works. I wish, I wish the movie was longer. I think it's too short. There's everything feels a bit, everything just kind of happens at a quick pace that I, I just wish they would have given us a little bit more of Jim kind of losing it or Truman or not losing it, but I don't know. I I would have liked a, a longer part of him coming to grips of reality that he's living a lie or his life mm-hmm. is a show or something because it all kind of just happens real quick and he's, he's digging out or whatever and he's making a break for the water. But I don't know. I, I wanted more of it. I wanted more because I think Jim's amazing in this. And that's my next point. I just, I, I wanted more from Jim because I'd like, I'd like him in a serious role. Mm. Yeah. You wanted, so that was your next point, Jim? Yeah. You wanted Jim. more? Because I feel like at this point in his career, he's been the funny guy. And while he's funny in this, it's not like Jim Carrey exclamation point mm-hmm. funny. Um, he has his like charming kind of, you know, the way he, his mannerisms are, but when he's serious, I, I I think, I mean, this is like the beginning of his like kind of serious career, not serious career, but he does more serious movies after this. I really wanted more from Jim because I think the ending of it is kind of pitch perfect. Uh, his performance, um, when he's sailing away, the way he looks like on the ship and like kind of, I think it's either after the the storm hits kind of like leaning back, looking up into the sky, his realization that he's run into the wall at the end. Um, like Jim's incredible in this. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm, so, I'm honestly shocked that he wasn't nominated at the time for it. I think only Ed was for best supporting, which I also find kind of weird because he's not in it that much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Jim's incredible. And I, 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 I would have liked to have seen him kind of lose a, lose his grip with his fake reality a little bit more in the middle section than kind of how it kind of plays out. Yeah. I feel that this movie has a few really great ideas that it's playing with and it's on the cusp of saying something or giving a little bit more of what you want, but doesn't ever get there with any Mm -hmm. of the ideas. Um, You know, of just here's a guy in a dome and like an alternate reality than the one we live in. But you know how, but like they don't ever compare like a lot, give us a mirror to think of like, well, what does that mean about our reality or the people that are watching Jim do this? Like they, we see them watching, but it doesn't really say too much about like what that means about them. Um, Or just like, living in a society where every day kind of feels like the same or people are doing the same things. There's like a lot of cruel ideas in this, but it ne- it just doesn't ever get over the edge for me of saying something uh, profound. Like it, it's, it, this movie feels profound, but it just doesn't get it out far enough. Mm. I feel like I said that to Casey too, when we were done watching it. Cause like, I, I was like, yeah, I liked it. I kind of wish it was a little bit more existential or, 
or something. There was there just felt like something missed for me a bit. Um, and I think I think a lot of it has to do with the transition from his losing his reality. I feel like maybe like your detrimental opinions of it work for it in the way that it became a mainstream success. Like it gives the viewer almost just enough to be that kind of like popcorn movie. Yeah, and you right. don't have to really dwell on the potential negative thoughts on our society, you know, where it's kind of like uplifting at the end. It doesn't give you more than it needs to. It gives you just enough to enjoy the ride and then you can think about it or not. It's up to right. you. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, this movie definitely doesn't hit you over the head with mm-hmm. its ideas. Let's talk about my last point. Um, maybe let's talk about Kristoff. Our boy running the show with that hat. What kind of hat? What's that hat called? Do I know what those hats are called? A beret? Is it? <laughs> doesn't isn't there a brand that that name? That that hat isn't there? The Kang- green berets. Yeah, Kangle. <laughs> was it a Kangle? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it was a definite look. So when like the movie started, several people were typing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, when the movie started, I forgot that it... So I haven't seen this in a long time. But when it started with Kristoff like, doing his pitch about, you know, the creation of the show and then Laura Linney talking about how it's like a noble job. I mean, these people are sociopaths. Right. The, everyone yes. involved in the production of this show, they need, to, they need to face hard time, in my opinion. Everyone involved. Um, and Kristoff... Like, it's so crazy. I thought, I mean, I, lo- I loved it, again, re-watching this movie. Um, and when he's, like, crafting the stories, like, the the big moments in their lives, like, the, the death of the dad. Yeah. And the return of the dad, and he's, like, directing those scenes. Those are some of my favorite moments of the whole show. And it's almost like he's, like, this artist, this highly regarded artist and then he like directs these scenes and he's like so exhausted he's like takes off his little earpiece and he like goes to bed he's like oh I gotta go to bed <laughs> so I liked I I liked rewatching. I love the character I love their conversation at the end of the movie where he's talking to Truman like as he's thinking about exiting and how he's like his he talks about him he's like his son so yeah I, he was probably my favorite character on this watch personally you know you saying that now I think if they did I could see them doing a remake of this, but it being a, a series where it's like each episode you follow the production and maybe uh, they're like, the show's getting canceled and they have to like <laughs> wrap it up in some way or like try to keep it going, like get it funded. But having mm-hmm. like the the counterplay between like the production side and the inside of the show and seeing both sides of that would be really compelling, yeah. I think. One of the, oddly enough, one of the executives, you mentioned like a show that blunt, that blurs the line between production and the product, uh, is the agent from the Larry Sanders show, which is one of my favorite shows. And they like blur the line between talk show and the behind the scenes stuff. So I thought, I've never seen this guy in another role, but he was in this movie, which I thought was funny. Also, they do like try to, they do try to like end it, right? They try to like kill Truman in that storm mm-hmm. at the end. Yes. What do you even do if that point you just adopt another child and like just start everything over again? I wonder what the end game was there. Can corporations go to jail for killing people? <laughs> I don't know. Ask the question. It doesn't make any sense. Pro number three. 
we've covered most of it. I do love the scenes of seeing all the people watching the show. There mm-hmm. is the bar. I think it's called like the Truman Bar. Um, and I, I, I just love it how the bartenders all working there aren't even serving anyone at any moment. <laughs> They're always just watching the TV. Um, and then there's those two security guards who are sitting together. Uh, and I love how the movie ends with them of like, here they are. We see them watching the show. Uh, that's as if like, that's all they do. And then when Truman walks out and the broadcast ends, they're like, well, is there anything else on? What do you, what do you want to watch? Yeah. Um, I, I love that. Um, but those scenes just, and the, and the characters that they make in those scenes are really well done. Yeah. The guy in the bathtub. <laughs> yes. Lord have mercy. That I can't imagine so watching a, a TV gross. in a bathtub. Yeah, like I, the, ele- the death by electricity <laughs> potential is just too high for, for me. It. Yeah, yeah, he is asking for it. Mm-hmm. Danny? Where'd my phone go? Gosh, lose my mind. Uh, da, 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 da. I guess it's just kind of small know. notes. I, um, I like the score a lot. I thought, is uh, it Peter Weiss or something? Um, thought he did a great job. The, the I, I just I kind of loved the ending. I love the music in the ending part. Um, I think there's a part where he's sleeping. The music is kind of beautiful. Mm. Um, yeah, that's kind of it for that. Wow. I'm trying to think of anything else that I love. Is this a three star from Danny? It's not. No, I will go ahead and say it's a four star. Oh. Yeah, I think this is a great movie. I wanted more from it. Like I mm. wanted. I don't know. I don't, I didn't connect um, as much as I thought I would. I didn't connect to Truman. I think probably because I don't, I've never had that kind of lifestyle of his to like see the day in and day out of that kind of stuff. But I I just, I found myself really wanting more out of it than I got. Um, Maybe I expected too much. Maybe it's on me. Um, But um, I think it's a great film. I think it's one of Jim's best. I think Jim and Jim's incredible in it. I think the supporting cast is incredible in it. I think Laura Linney uh, is great as the, uh, I love when she's giving her, her, uh, her ads. ads. (laughs) That's just funny. Like it's really funny and kind of on the nose for who we are. And yeah, I'm at four stars for this. I had a great time. Okay. How about when they like direct him in front of that chick fried chicken ad at the beginning of the movie? (laughs) Like a costume for the conversation, the twins. Uh, Honorable mentions from me. um, We haven't really talked about, but this was like a cult. I feel like this movie was like a cultural moment. This was a gigantic movie when it had come out. Like everyone was talking about this movie. It was super popular. I love the vignetting of the cameras, the hidden Mm -hmm. cameras. I mean, how many cameras, my God, they have in this city. It's gotta be insane. Um, when his boss sends him to that island because he's like, this is after he starts asking about Fiji. He like wants to go on a trip, a vacation mm-hmm. just to get out. Um, and they, he, he needs to go get a ticket for like the trip off the island. And the one guy is like one way or return. And Truman is like return. So they're like doing all these, I didn't catch that in the first viewing, but I caught on the second one where they're like just all the little things that they're trying to mentally subliminally tell him to not go anywhere because you'll die if you do. 
and just like the boat resting there underwater to bring back the memories of his yeah. dad dying. <laughs> I mean, the dad death is just psychotic. Like that's why I was <laughs> yeah. saying how Kristoff and everyone involved needs to face hard time for what they did to this poor boy. I mean, the, yeah, it was the, his his desire it. to like go out in the water. His dad told him it was. It looks like it was going to be a storm, and the dad ends up drowning in front of him. Drowning. That's why he wears the uh, the camera ring the whole time. That it's ring, his dad's ring. Oh, I didn't even catch that. I was wondering why the hell he was wearing. That's that how they goofy got him ring. to like wear it like a heirloom. Okay. Mm. The music when he's in the revolving door, when he like starts to have that moment. <laughs> <laughs> where he is wondering maybe there is something going on and he like puts his hand up at the cars and stuff. So cool. Oh, the trip lady, when he goes to see the, what's that job? What do you, what is that job called when you organize trips? The travel agent? Travel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The trip lady. Um, she's still wearing her napkin, her makeup napkin when she goes to visit <laughs> yeah. her. I thought that was funny. How about all the posters on her wall are just like ways you can die from traveling? <laughs> <laughs> I I do think that like a lot happened in that time frame to make him freak out. Like I know you guys were talking about like not enough happened or you wanted more, but I mean there's a lot of stuff that goes wrong in like the course of a few days or weeks, however long it is. Like he hears them, he hears like the directors or the producers over his car radio at one point. Yeah. There's just a lot of stuff. Our boy, the uh, there's some Simpsons actors in this doing the interview. Um, Mr. Burns, the the I, his name escapes me. Same with Travel Agent, but the guy who does the voice for Mr. Burns does the interview of Kristoff. Harry Shearer, thank you. And then they talk about like, let's look back at the history of all the mishaps in Truman's life. And they had like intruders appear. How did they even get in there? How do they get past right. security to like yeah. be on live TV and trying to tell Truman? That I don't really get that. They dig. Anyone can dig out. I'm not mm. responding. I'm not responding to that. The Truman could dig out of his house and avoid all the cameras. Do you know I how long really... it would take you to dig to get in that dome? I wanted more. <laughs> I thought the same thing about though the the girl he he was in love with. Um who is on the set. And it's clear, you can tell that like Truman has something with her, right? Oh yeah. But she's like given direction. Like it's like, obviously the producers are like, no, we've, we got this other woman yeah. in line. So if she, if he comes up to you, just kind of ignore him. But don't you think they would have just like taken her off the set, like to mm -hmm. remove any risk of like, no, this is too dangerous. You're just going, you know, you're not even in the show anymore. Right. I wonder if some of that was like maybe she was maybe she was a ratings draw at a certain point. Mm -hmm. Like maybe when they were together, people were like really tuning in and they were just kind of like mm -hmm. nervous that like, yes, we're getting ratings, but we gotta pull her soon. Yeah. Kind of like what they did with Laura Lenny's character, where they're like, she, we'll, we'll have him like this other lady in the office. Oh and, yeah, that's right. And, they replaced her real fast. Yeah. Yeah. And then I uh, guess anything that would be happening with with um Truman, that would be like organic. You would want to keep in the mm -hmm. show because those would be the best things. When Kristoff explains about how they covered up the dads missing with amnesia, Harry Shearer is like, ah. Brilliant. Yes. Love I, love the interview. <laughs> I also love like when they turn into like a police state looking for him. They do so many things when he's missing that I feel like the jig is up. 
Yeah, it's over. At this point, like they turn the sun on at a certain point right. and they're all freaking out. The conversation at the end with Christoph, I'm the creator of a television show. I'm like the really on the nose stuff. Um, all the viewers are complicit, I had in my notes. Where the one guy at the end, he asked where the TV guide was. The majority of people watching this movie even know what TV guide is. Mm. Um, I'm at five stars. I love this oh movie. Oh my gosh. Wow. Fantastic okay. time rewatching this. I was glued to the TV. Hell yes. Um, and I, and the fact that the, the Getz family owned that house that Truman lived in, it didn't pull me down a star. Didn't shake you. F the, Who? G- F the Gates Getz family. Getz. <laughs> Everyone who's touched that house is complicit. <laughs> <laughs> Put the Getz family in prison alongside Kristoff for their crimes against Everyone society. On the Truman Show in jail. Guy's a scumbag. Both of them. <laughs> Proto. Wow, so happy to hear that. Um, <laughs> there's so many great little gags in the background, um, like everything in the newspapers. I love like, like after he gets um, he sees his dad as the homeless guy. And then the paper mm-hmm. the next day just says crack down on homeless. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like Truman sees it like, what? <laughs> um, <laughs> the scene with her crossing the fingers in the wedding photo. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, how no does sense. that get past quality assurance? <laughs> <laughs> and how does she think that cancels the marriage? Right. Right. Like this is your job. <laughs> um, we didn't really talk about his friend Marlon. Um, who's like his best friend. Mm-hmm. And I guess he's been on the show. How about that guy? Like his whole life is child been a actor, show. Yeah. yeah. Child actor for 30 years. Same Insane. character. Um, but I love that line where he's like, if everybody is in on it, that would be- mean that I'm on in on it too. Yeah. And he says that so sincerely. And that's mm-hmm. like, that's, that's a great scene. Uh, Cause it's like, man, you're right. Everyone is complicit. About, mm, when he looks in the camera too, after he can't find Truman. And he's like, what is the line? He like looks directly in the camera. He's like, I can't find him. He's gone. And Christoph freaks out, tells him to cut the feed. You know, that one camera that's in the grass, that's right where the hole that he dug out of. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, this this is terrible, but I would love for this to happen. Uh-oh. I'd be glued to the screen, <laughs> you know? I would too. I'd be complicit. Mm. Yeah. I'd have to get like another phone just dedicated to having it on at all times. You're just walking around with you're like holding it up. Um, yeah, this movie does kind of have a a twin because there's Ed TV came out the next year. Oh yeah, which is that was the Ron Howard Fanny. movie I was thinking about. Didn't he direct oh, that? Yeah, he did. Yeah, um, but like cameras followed him around. Right? Yeah, and is he that knew about us. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, but it was like twenty four seven. He's being videotaped. Goodness. Um, yeah, I think my main issue with this movie is that, like I said earlier, it it feels incomplete in some way to me. Um, and uh, I, I, I can see how it can be its strength to think that because it kind of leaves it up to the viewer and it's uh, a little bit more vague. Um, but I don't know. It just I just want a little bit more from it. So I'm at three stars Wolf. for Truman. Woof. That was proto. All right. That is the Truman Show. Scandalous ratings, if I can be really if I can be honest. Okay. I thought thought they'd be higher, but that's okay. We had a great time. Leave us an email. Uh we do have some emails to get to. 
We have a VM to get to as well. Let me see if I can pull up our voicemail machine. Hopefully it works. Art has left a VM. You can leave us a VM or email at 70mmpod.com. Let's listen to Art. Hello, gentlemen. It's Art calling with a voicemail for tonight's show. Uh, hey, speaking of voicemails, I've noticed just a little a little dip in the number of VMs coming through. Uh, I don't know what's to blame there. If it's the show's too damn popular, you know, people are scared to hear their own voice on a, uh, a, a show that's getting retweeted by, you know, Apple Podcasts, for God's sakes. <laughs> or, you know, all the voicemailers have just started their own podcast now and they're too mm, cool wow. for school. Anyway, cool uh, the VMs, where'd they go? We need the VMs. We're looking into the VMs. So I'm <laughs> oh my gosh. Calling for a renaissance. <laughs> Of the VMs, uh, let's get the villagers to send a couple in. Tonight's episode, uh, wow, Das Boot, what a pick. <laughs> Toto serving up a choice of four, Slim choosing the best uh, and most impactful classic on the list of, you know, great candidates. Uh, been in my top four from the beginning, and, you know, you start a rewatch of something in your top four, it's a little nerve-wracking. Is it going to hold up? Yes. It absolutely does hold up. It's just one of the most gripping movie-watching experiences you can have. So, uh, you know, I've been looking for the Villager reviews all week. They haven't started dropping. I don't know why, but uh, maybe because it's not stream. Oh, here's a, oh, a Proto 4-star just dropped. That's five stars in anyone else's book. We all know that. So, <laughs> we're off to a great start for tonight's discussion of DOS Boot. Looking forward to it. Love you, boys. Good night. Wow, Art. I <laughs> was not expecting the impression that came out of Art's mouth during that. That was VM. scary. That was frightening. I've never heard Art do an he impression into that in my way life. too easily. Listen, no one should ever feel forced to leave a voicemail. If they feel the need to leave a voicemail, then that's when you leave a voicemail or email. So don't don't you sweat it. I don't sweat it, and neither should you. Uh, but we do have some letters to get to. Aaron left us an email. Hello, Proto, Slim, and Danny. I don't normally send emails, but wanted to share my The Truman Show story and the sick, perverted joke my brothers decided to play on me during my first viewing of this amazing film. I am the youngest of four boys, and because of that, I am usually coming to things in life fast. The Truman Show was a favorite of my high school drama teacher, and she showed it every year in her film studies class, along with Ed TV, to compare the two. And as a freshman in high school, brother number three was a junior and taking that class and probably had just watched The Truman Show. He came home and was talking about it with my other brothers who had just taken the class as well. And I was asking about it, knowing absolutely nothing about it. They wouldn't tell me anything, and they insisted I just watch it instead. They popped in the DVD, and then, while one of them must have been distracting me, fast-forwarded through the movie, through the movie's first two minutes, where the director and actors are talking about the show, and they started at the title card. So I had no clue that this was a hidden camera movie until 15 minutes in, and even then, they just cut to people watching the show. So I still didn't really know the extent of the operation until an hour in. I was extremely paranoid and felt exactly like Truman. All this to say, I honestly love my first viewing of this movie. Even though it was a funny thing my brothers did to me to watch me squirm, I actually think it makes the movie a really good psychological thriller. 
if they had cut the first two minutes and then all the shots of the people watching the show for that first hour until it cuts to Ed Harris. But that's probably just my love for thrillers coming into play. Excited to hear your thoughts and can't wait to see what's next for Proto Pendants. Aaron Zane. Pronounced like the nickname for Xanax. Zane. Zane. Popping some Zanies. I did read that the original script for this was a little bit more dark and Very like sci fi ish. So I wonder if that yeah. was like what Aaron I think, maybe expected. Um, what's his name from Mank? <laughs> Gary, Gary Oldman. Oldman. He screen tested the dark version of this hmm. script, which was like rainy New York. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that is. I wonder if there's a cut of this that just like removes all the behind the scenes stuff. I could see like a horror trailer. Someone probably. Yeah, for sure. Black and white. All right. Joseph is next. Subject line The Truman Show. Slash Joseph. Parentheses Joe Jazzy. Goodness. Hello, 70MM and the lovely listeners. I wanted to write in because you're talking about my all-time favorite film, The Truman Show. I love this film for numerous reasons, from the impact it had on my personal life, letterbox review for more, don't want to get too wordy for an email on the show, to the stellar performances from Jim Carrey and Ed Harris, the final scene where Kristoff is making one last play at getting Truman to stay, and the silence after he finished with, well, say something, goddammit, you're on television, you're live to the whole world. Are you kidding me? That's unbelievably good cinema right there. I hope all three of you like the movie. Smiley emoji. I also wanted to say how much being a part of the Patreon VHS Village community has meant to me. Coming out of college and having most of my friends move out of New England, I was really struggling with the feeling of being lonely and lacking something to help me feel like I was part of a community. I was skeptical of joining an online group because of other attempts in the past, but it ended up being one of the most welcoming experiences I ever have ever had, and I believe that I've really made some genuine connections to many of the folks in the village. The community you've managed to build around the show is incredible, and I hope all of you are really proud at what you've succeeded in creating. Thanks so much for producing my favorite content every week and keeping me sane. Happy Proto Pendants, everyone. I can't wait to buy this artwork. Love you all. Joseph Joe Jazzy in the Discord. Mm. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. Thank you very much, Joe, for being a part of that community. Really appreciate it. Wait until you see this art, Joe Jazzy. Oh, okay. yeah. Wait until you see this art. I'm smitten by this art. Love this one. Probably DMs about this art. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I can't show my wife these DMs. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I'm, all, I'm in no, enough trouble as it is. <laughs> <laughs> Joe and Chad, I've daydreamed about Danny Art for this movie. I hope it was worth the wait. I think it is. All right, so Danny and I need to settle up. Oh. We need to talk about what movie we want up. for next week. It's between what do, you, what, what do you want? It's between Zodiac and Panic Room and The Game, right? Those are our top three? Yeah, our top three. I've seen... I've seen Zodiac a couple times. I've seen Panic Room once. I've never seen the game. Mm-hmm. That's that's where I'm at. I know Zodiac would be huge. Be a big up. I got my producer hat I on right now. I can't believe you be haven't a big seen up. it. That's honestly. Maybe it's the fact that um, Robert Downey Jr. has another pants problem in this movie. Oh, for God's <laughs> sake. 
Does he own a pair of well-fitting pants? Has anyone yeah. seen him in a pair of well-fitting pants? Who can say? We haven't talked. Have we ever talked? We talked about it on the show, right? I don't. I don't know if we have. <laughs> <laughs> I have like this running bit where Robert Downey Jr. cannot wear non-baggy pants. Like if you look at promotional photos or like sets set photos of him on the Avengers, he's wearing the baggiest ass pants. It's like he was sponsored by Jinko. <laughs> he's got some kind of deal with them. He signed maybe when he was younger. Yeah. Lifetime contract with them. Uh, so I, my vote is f- for Zodiac. Oh. Yeah. I would, I think it, I think it'd be a big app for the show. Zodiac. We've talked about I'm doing in. it for a long time. You're in? I'm in. Wow. Let's do Zodiac. There it is. Okay. This is huge. This is a big one. This is a big one. Zodiac. Make no mistake, I love the game. For those listening right now, I love no the mistake. game. But maybe it's time to finally watch Zodiac. Michael Douglas knows how to wear a suit. 162 minutes. Yeah, safe space. It's almost three hours. Can we can we change our vote? Is it too late? <laughs> Mark Ruffalo. Which one of you two doesn't like uh, Mark Ruffalo? That's me. <laughs> that's me. I think it's in one of my Zodiac reviews too. <laughs> what's what's wrong with Mark Ruffalo? We'll get into it next week. I love Mark Ruffalo. Do you? I saw his weenie in uh, in the cut. <laughs> he oh. bears all. Okay. One movie. If anyone's interested. What, what movie do you like Mark in outside of Marvel? Outside of Marvel, Collateral. He's in that? Yeah, he plays one of the cops. Plays one of the pigs. Um, I'm going. I'm going. <laughs> That's what you said. <laughs> you know, I don't know if I've actually seen Thank a you. lot of seen non- 13 going on 30? Marvel stuff. That's his best work. Foxcatcher, oh. he was really good in. Foxcatcher? The Last Castle, one of my faves with Robert Redford. Some folks are saying Shutter Island, 13 going on 30. He's been in a lot. That's all oh. I'll say. Okay, that's it for this week. It's a big week. Big freaking week. Proto Pendence, gigantic success. In my it's opinion. Been a big, it's been a big month. Gigantic success. Thank you. What's next? Stay tuned. <laughs> We're going to build everything up only to tear it down. <laughs> Proto, any closing thoughts this week? Uh, well, just to harken back to what Art was saying, I did watch Das Boot this this week. Finally got around to this one. Big one off the list. Big, big one. Uh, and t- for me, I think this is the best submarine movie I've oh. ever seen. Um, and it's fascinating how this was, and I put this in my review, but when this was made, it was it had a theatrical release, but then they also... Uh, had it that they would uh, have a like a television cut that was much longer than the theatrical. Theatrical. Really? So they they yeah. So they like um, they shot all this extra footage to have for these additional scenes for when it ran on TV, and then eventually there was a director's cut, and then I think they called it like the the final cut that came out, which was the one I watched, which was three hours long. Oh. Um, the production's pretty amazingness. I don't understand how like submarines work or how you could get clearly no one does. It's like 40 to 50 guys were in a sub at one time living in a sub. 
logistically, I don't understand how that even works. I would love to watch a documentary about this whole, you know, fiasco of being underwater in a machine. Mm-hmm. Um, but really fascinating movie. Uh, I think if if those things interest you, it's a pretty compelling watch, and I can see why it's uh, highly regarded. It looked like dynamite um, from Wolfgang Peterson. Your boy, my boy. Yeah, me and Wolf. Wolf. <laughs> me and Wolf. Das Boot, add it to your watch lists. Maybe I'll add it to mine. It's a double, double VHS. Double? Is it a double VHS? It is, yeah. It comes in a boot. It's gotta be. I don't think that's what the boot is. We'll see everybody next week for Zodiac. Millimeter is a tape deck production featuring original artwork provided by Danny Haas. Spiritual Guidance and V'ger, the robot who loves movies, provided by Pertalexis. Producer at large, Dale underscore A. Transcripts provided by Sophie Shin and music composed by Cinematric. Prints and other merch are available on 70mmpod.com. This episode was mixed, edited, and produced by me. Slim. Support our Patreon for access to our VHS Village Discord to talk movies with new friends, access to our exclusive episodes in the 70mm vault, discounts on merch, uncut episodes, and a physical membership card mailed to you. To check out other Tape Deck podcasts, find the link in the episode notes. And if you'd like to support our friends at Letterboxd and upgrade to pro or patron status, you can do so with a 20% off discount using the links on 70mmpod.com. Goodbye. This, this, this is a Tape Deck Podcast. Ooh.